Welcome to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm your host, Adam Wright, followed by Justin Tucker and Ryan Mucker. So, a lot has happened in the past weekend. We had the Super Wild Card Weekend that went on. So, we're going to start with Justin's Ravens. They get sweet, sweet revenge over the dreaded Tennessee Titans from Mm -hmm. last year. That was an embarrassing one last year. I'm not gonna lie. I thought they were. Sp- I thought they were absolutely gonna win that one last year, and I think they got they got their revenge. I, d- I wasn't sure if they were gonna pull it out this year, but they did. So I'm gonna ask you, Justin, what exact what do you think went differently this time? First off, let me start off by saying, big trust. Thank you. Thank you. And anyway, I think the difference was Derek Wolf, Pernell McPhee, and Brandon Williams. Our big guys clogging up the run lanes and making sure they making sure Derek Henry had nowhere to run to. AJ Brown not having much many opportunities to catch passes, even though that touchdown pass was pass interference. Uh mm. Ryan Pernell. Could not rely on Derrick Henry. And when you have to rely on Ryan Tannehill to win you a game, I like our chances. And then we have Lamar Jackson. That boy is too legit to quit. Oh, my goodness. Just when you thought you had him third and nine, sack incoming, he runs 48-yard touchdown. The game is tied. Man, I love my team. And just when you thought – Tennessee was going to go down and score. Marcus Peters said, uh-uh, not today. Yoink. Let, let me get down and let me go to the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Did what we had to do and then gave the ball back to Lamar to ice the game. I loved it. I knew this was going to happen. I knew that we were going to stop Derrick Henry. I told y'all that we were going to do it. I told y'all when we didn't have Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams, that was the reason Derrick Henry ran all over us in week 10. And, yeah, that was going to be the biggest difference. He was missing his best guard. Give him a break. We were missing two players, Brian. Our best our yeah, starting yeah, D-tackle. It, yeah, it was a joke. His best guard, Earl Thomas. So, Justin, I think you hit the nail on the head there. So, that 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 rush that rushing defense last year was atrocious during that game and they were missing some key pieces up front and it allowed Derrick Henry to run all over that team absolutely gashed that Pittsburgh defense and it turned into one of those it turned into one of those games where once that focal point of the offense is working that all of the pieces are working so once you shut down that one guy Derrick Henry then the rest of the team the rest of the team can't function how it needs to be like like you said once you cl- plug up the run and force Tannehill to throw you're the, the the Titans are screwed you they can't win a playoff they can't win a game on the back of Ryan Tannehill I like him as a passer he's a serviceable passer but Ultimately, he's not the type who can lead a team to wins by himself. He's a good complement to Derrick Henry, and that's about it. That's what got them 
That's what got the Titans so far last postseason, and that's how they were so successful this season. And mm-hmm. when you have a Ravens defense that is actually healthy and able to stop stop them, and when you have a Titans defense that felt that has taken a step back since last season so that Lamar can run all over them, okay, they're, they're, uh, the Ravens, or the, sorry, the, yeah, the Ravens' pass defense was not, pass offense was not quite what I expected it to be for this game mm-hmm. because the Titans, the Titans pass game, the Titans pass defense isn't all that good, and Russ and Lamar was just pedestrian in, to say the least, in the passing game. But he certainly, he certainly was able to make up for it with what he does best, and that is running the football. So, I, yeah, that's fine. Textbook uh, win for the Ravens. I think that was very well deserved of this year. Brian. Brian? No, no, I ain't talking. You don't want to talk about this? You don't want to talk about this? You don't want to talk about my team winning and moving on? That, that's just, the only time I was disappointed in your Ravens, like, yes, I get they ju- jumped on logo, but at mm-hmm. least show some sort of, like, sportsmanship. You funny. But, he's, uh, just mad that it, he's just mad that your team won, bro, uh, J- Justin. He said show sportsmanship. What about the Titans showing us sportsmanship? Like, Respect is a two-way street, Brian. I, I, if you want us to respect you, respect us first. And they didn't show us any respect during week ten, like at all. I mean, I'm I'm old enough to remember back during that playoff game. Well, after that playoff game, during the the press conference, one of the Titans Ravens, one of the Titans players was mocking Mark Ingram. I thought it was funny, but it was people in Baltimore didn't find it hilarious. Sportsmanship. It was great that. Derrick Henry was able to shut it down and go like, yeah, it was all jokes, but it was all jokes. He, they were just poking fun, but mm-hmm. it was, I'm sure the Titans were having a fun time on that run, but no run this year. Mm-mm. So yeah, they're out in the wild card round. Yeah. Enjoy it, Justin. The bills are going to come for you. All right. You so looking ahead to Ravens bills. Who has the edge? Bills. Ravens. I'm gonna have to roll with. I'm gonna have to agree with Brian here, and say the Bills. The Bills are much are a more well-rounded team. They have a better offense. The Ravens' defense is a little better, so I think that'll give them problems and keep them mm-hmm. uh, keep them on their toes. It'll make it a closer game. But I think the the best, the more balanced team prevails in this one, and I think the I think the Bills. Take it and head to the AFC Championship. All right, heading into segment two, we have uh, we're going to be partying like it's 1994 and 1995. The Bills and the Browns winning their first playoff games Congrats. in quarter century. Solid round of applause for these two teams. That's so many years of mediocrity. Now they win their first couple playoff games. <laughs> and. These two, these two guys, Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, they're actually draft classmates. Being My Baker God. Mayfield being drafted first overall, and mm-hmm. Josh Allen drafted 
in the top ten. Mm-hmm. So to well, I was in that class too. So to follow up on this, what are the chances of either of these teams making the Super Bowl? This year, the Browns and the Bills. Um, it's possible. Uh, the Browns have to get past Kansas City, which is easier said than done. And the Bills have to get past the Ravens, which won't be easy at all. It's possible, but very unlikely, I believe. So this is what I have to say about this. Um, the Bills have a chance. The only thing I have with the Bills' defense is, is that Lamar has like a lot of tricks, obviously. Like he can either run it with Dobbins going through the middle, or he could just cut to the inside and screw mm-hmm. the Bills' defense over. With the Bills' offense, yes, the defense of the Ravens is good. Yes, the Bills' offense is good. So that that can go either way. When it comes to the Browns and Chiefs, Chiefs have a shaky defense. Chiefs have a better offense. Browns, to me, I think they have a better defense than the Chiefs, and yeah, uh, their offense is there too. But I think the Chiefs is better. So, so I, I'm gonna say, with those two games, you go either way. So to tell you the truth, the as for I disagree with you, Brian, on the Browns. Their defense is not as good as the Chiefs. I know their de- the Chiefs' defense is shaky, but so is the Browns. I mean, they have Jason Garrett, and that's it. Especially now. The Browns had half their coaching stuff out and their best point, which was Denzel Ward. That's why they lit up that many points against the Steelers. I think that's the main reason, but I don't know. I I really can't say. Okay, so? That's a fair point. I think once they become more healthy on defense, they'll start to make a difference. But I'm not sure if that will lead to a difference in scoring when it comes to Kansas City because they score in bunches. They've had Denzel Ward all season, and that secondary has been iffy all year. I'm just saying that that the defense has been nothing special this year. Even the run, even the rushing defense, uh, with Jason Garrett up front, or not Jason Garrett, Miles Garrett, (laughs) with Miles Garrett up front and other bigger presences up front, they just can't. They they just can't. They're not they're not scary. And I don't think it's any it's nothing that Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and the boys can't stop. Well, I mean, and, I have to agree with that because like Miles Garrett can easily get to the quarterback depending who's on him. But like I I think Miles Garrett with his especially with his like legs, like those he jumps off that long line like a maniac. So he can easily get to the quarterback. And with Let's see. I think I have like Sheldon Richardson in the middle, and then you got B.J. Goodson, basically the captain of that off, uh, not that offense, their defense. And then in the corners, you got like Denzel Ward, safeties. You got uh, what's his name from Jacksonville? Let's forget his name. Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Harrison. Yeah. So I mean, they got guys. I'm sure. I'm I'm sure there's others. I just really can't think of right now. But. I mean, I don't know. Depending, I think it, I think Denzel Ward is. I'm assuming if he plays in that game, he'll be matched up against Tyree Kill, which will be a tough challenge for him. The question is, how can they stop Travis Kelsey? They, it's pick your poison with that offense. Even if you do find a way to start stop Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, that offense still won't be shut down because they still have players such as Nick, uh, Nikhil here. Uh, 
Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Demarcus Robinson and Mm -hmm. the likes of Sammy Watkins. So, and if you're Patrick Mahomes, you can throw, you can literally throw to anybody in that offense and still, and things will still, they may not run as smoothly as with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, but this, this is a Browns team where I'm looking in, looking at this. They obviously, as a team, you want to do the best you can, but they have no shot. To be, to be honest, well, I, I mean, think they have a shot. I think they have like a little bit of a shot. I wouldn't say they don't have a shot at all. Mm-hmm. That offense is too electric. They're going to the AFC Championship. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, if the Chiefs so is that, and so is Baker's offense. He has two All Pro type of running backs in his backfield. He has uh, a Pro Bowl ish wide receiver in Jarvis Landry. Two good tight ends in uh, Hooper and. And I think one of the best lines in the game. And hopefully Joe Batonio can come back and uh, hopefully the right guard for, I mean, the right tackle for Cleveland comes back because they were all good this season. Like Cleveland's line is vastly underrated. I think uh, Chris Jones will have a hard time, but I think he might get a sack. As long as Baker doesn't turn the ball over and is pretty like the way he's been right now, they have a chance because what I've been seeing from Cleveland's defense, sure, they've given up a lot of points, but the way they're playing that defense, it's kind of like cover two-ish where they have two safeties up top. And for some reason, Kansas City struggles with that. So if they don't give up anything deep, they have to settle with intermediate routes, like medium routes. I think Cleveland can come away with a victory. Just time possession, controlling the clock, and running the ball effectively with Chubb and Hunt. They can come away with the victory. I can see it. I think so using – so – I think we can both agree their pass their pass offense for the for Cleveland is not their strength. It's their it's with their rushing game. Yeah. Do, do yeah. and it's what basically it's the majority of what is actually gotten along with Baker Mayfield not turning the ball over of why they have 11 wins this season. So do you think that do you think honestly that the the Cleveland Browns running the ball 30 to 40 times is going to be able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes getting the ball down the field in like in two minutes. Yes. Depending on who's controlling time. You you think that'll be able to keep up with that offense? Well, you saw what Hunt and Chubb were capable of last night. They were, they were, they were breaking tackles. Last night? Or not last night, Sunday. Sunday. Tackles on the uh, defense. Mm-hmm. They only had a combined just a little bit over a hundred yards. Well, but to yeah, be fair, they didn't have to do much. The defense basically did from they they got the picks and they, it was in Steelers territory when they got those picks. Big Ben was they basically handling the game because Big Ben was because Ben Roethlisberger was through four picks. Do you see? Yeah. Do you see Patrick Mahomes throwing four picks and just handing them the game? I can see him throwing Absolutely three. Depending on, I can see him doing that. I see. I say two or three because you saw that Miami game. He threw two to Byron. What was it? Xavier Not Howard. Byron. Uh, he threw one to Xavier Howard, Xavier one to Howard. Eric Rowe, and I don't remember the other one. So he threw three. Yeah, so, I just don't remember the third one off the top of my head. Right, but that's Miami. This is Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland it's been the, the past defense, like which, like I said, has been shaky all year. Has not been able to get pressure on the quarterback. 
they st- they do have Miles mm-hmm. Garrett, but they'll be able they they should be able to contain him to the point where they should be able to pull out a comfortable victory. I think now I think Burnham if we look at these two teams, which team has a legitimate shot at making the Super Bowl? I mm-hmm. give the Bills a much better shot. They have a passing offense and an all-around offense and solid defense that pre- pretty much matches up with with Kansas City's and they could and could easily keep up in the passing game. It, I think it'll be a shootout, but I think I give the Bills a solid shot to upset the Chiefs and head to Super Bowl 55. But they're facing the Ravens, which is a much more difficult matchup. As much of a of Ravens fan I am, I can tell you that the Bills haven't been good at stopping the run. They, they just aren't that. And if they're facing a Ravens-led team, that is their one thing to do. If you can't stop that, we'll be running cower, power, and toss until you stop it. And if they can't stop it, it's going to be a long game because we could easily score 30 with just doing that against the Bills. And the Bills don't necessarily have a good running attack either because Zach Moss is now injured. So it's basically Devin Singletary and maybe Josh Allen if he decides to run. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a lot tougher than you think, but I'd still probably give it more towards the Bills than the Browns right now because it is Kansas City they were going up against. I've, yeah, I think it's I think the Bills get a better shot. I think I agree. It's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough game for the Bills this mm. divisional round, but I think I think this is a game that the Bills deserve to be favored in. And yeah. I think the matchup is going to be tough, but I think the Bills come out with a victory. And I think I give them a real shot to go into Kansas City win the AFC championship, win the, that Lamar Hunt trophy and go into their first Super Bowl since back in the 90s when they lost their last four. But I pick them to get them to get there. Uh, I, can't, I can't do it. It's either the Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs for me. Ravens or Chiefs? Well, because I, mean, I see them playing in the AFC championship game. I mean, I understand Justin. I mean, that could go either way. But when when, I, when he says that, I'm thinking, oh, well, I mean, the Bills, yeah, they had a tough time against the Colts, but and the Ravens, it, it all depends on the run. The yeah. Like, and also, if Josh Allen plays the fourth quarter like he did against the Colts, he's not winning that game. I, no. I didn't see the game, but um. He, he but didn't like, look good coming down the stretch. When um, the Bills. Defense might be a little bit confusing because either it's either going to be a rush with Lamar cutting on the outside, or it's going to be handoff to Dobbins or Edwards trying to go on the inside. So they would have to do both. Uh, on that defense, would basically have to do both. They have to cover the outside and the inside of the run. So it might be difficult for them. So yes, it could go either either way because the Bills also have a good offense. Mm-hmm. The defense for the Ravens though is also good. That can go either way. And I understand why Justin's saying the Ravens and the Chiefs. But I also have to agree with Adam that the Bills have a great, talented team. And I think that they could maybe get past Kansas City if they don't play like they did against the Colts. All right. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you're you're putting too too much into that fourth quarter. I mean, they got ahead – and it's it's at that point where they they kind of just coast. Now I think they I think they let their I agree they put their foot 
off. They let their foot off the gas pedal. You can't do that in much in that enough. game, but it's they were already way ahead. Yeah, but and you can't do that in the playoffs. Yeah, you can't coast in the playoffs and then fumble in the pivotal fourth quarter. You can't do that, Josh Allen. As a matter of fact, he almost cost him the game doing that. Oh, he got lucky. Okay. It was uh, a couple of things to improve on. Yeah. But I'm not saying he'll have a bad yeah. game. It's just things I look at like, oh, it's going to be – there's chances here. You also have to look at that Colts defense. This year, that's been the, one of the best defenses in the league this year. Yeah. So it, for him to put up over 300 yards – and three total touchdown passes, um, a quarterback rating over 120. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. He's going, this is, and this is a Colts defense that has actually performed for a lot of the year better than the Ravens defense at times. And they are, they the Ravens defense is getting healthy, but let's see where let's see where things wind up going. I think they have a. I think I think they sh- they deserve to be favored, and I think they're going to the AFC Championship. Okay, that's fine. All right. So, moving on to the next our next segment, we have Tom Brady and Drew Brees matching up this in this divisional round. So each team beat their competitor in. The wild card round, the Saints beating the Bears, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Washington football team, both putting up a solid amount of points. So Brady Brady versus Breeze, we're going to get a solid matchup coming up here. Mm -hmm. So... Looking back at these two teams, at these two players' legacies, who do you who do you, who would you say has overall had the better career? That gee, that that's a tough one right there. I mean, mm. take Super Bowls to one. Oh, geez, this is a tough one here. Uh, Who's had the better career? We all know it's Tom Brady. So I guess a better question would be looking at these two players' legacies. Um, how would you say they stack? How would you say they stack up against each other? What went differently for each player? Um, and how have they? How did these players get to where they are today? So. Ooh. Brady, he had a fairly in the early going of his career, happy mm-hmm. childhood. Won three <laughs> of his first four seasons starting, three Super Bowls. Uh, to me, uh, Drew Brees has been a player who's been more who, when he was in San Diego, put up solid stats, but then it did. It seems like it. It seems like for him, getting tr- um, losing the job to Philip Rivers was almost a blessing in disguise, and I'll tell you why. He's a dome. He's now a dome quarterback who gets the benefit of playing half his literally half his career in a dome. 
to play mm-hmm. more. And statistically, you see that his his it's night and day outside the dome and in the dome versus in the dome. And these two players, I mean, Brady, Brady um, he does very well in the elements, and he's still good without the elements, obviously. Mm-hmm. So looking at comparing these two, um, how they have gotten to the great numbers that they have, I'm more. I'm obviously. I'm obviously more impressed with Brady. But I mean, if you look at Breeze, they, there's a couple. It looks like there's a couple of reasons, a couple of big factors as to why he is where he is. And, I mean, you can even look at uh, the player when he has missed time. They have. He's gone through some injuries, and the team still wins without him. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if it's just a. It's just a fact that the fact that he has targets to throw to cons- consistently and he and he is in a dome for most of his career mm-hmm. as far as comparisons between the two uh early in his career tom brady did went through super bowls but that was more considering his defense more so than himself i believe those were the main contributing factors towards it Drew Brees up and coming. He was a second round pick, but he's more of a friend's first rounder because I think he was the 33rd overall pick by the San Francisco 49 with LT in the same draft. So uh, so they were in up and coming as the Patriots were already a playoff team under, you know, the former quarterback before Brady came in. So before the injury happened where Phillip Rivers took over, uh, he was playing con- considering considerably well. He wa- he wasn't a dome quarterback. He s- was playing out in the elements and still putting up decent numbers behind a all pro type running back. And then the injury happens and they decide to move on. He decides to go to New Orleans and the rest is history. I believe uh, Drew Brees is unfairly maligned in some cases because from like 2015 to like until like 2017 when he actually got a defense. That defense was horrendous. Oh, my. I remember one time in 2015 where uh, the Saints were going up against the Giants. The score was 52 to 49. That that should not happen. <laughs> that should not happen. That's just ridiculous. So I understand why Drew Brees didn't make the playoffs for like a three-year stretch because his defense was just god-awful. But as far as like comparison, like careers, I don't think it's really fair because the Comparison stopped with six Super Bowl rings. Like, there's not really much to compare after that. Breeze has all the major stats you need, but as far as accomplishments, he's severely lacking in them. He doesn't have that much postseason production because of certain things that happened before and during the playoffs. That is not his fault. And I think he's severely maligned for it. Uh, in a three year stretch, you had the Minneapolis Miracle. Horrendous non-pass interference call, and then another pass interference call that didn't get called. So it's like, can we really blame Breeze for any of those things? Nah, I just can't do it. Right, so how about his interceptions, though? Mm, 
I think that's more so of him trying to take more chances and not relying on the run game. I think that's more so of that because they're more heavier towards the pass just based on Sean Payton and Drew Brees' style of play. Haven't the Patriots been more pass heavy during Brady's tenure and the box as well? Not really. I mean, if you consider it, I mean, mid years, sure, but he still had thousand yard running backs in New England. Well, so is so is Drew Brees. Yeah, with, Mark, like, with Alvin Kamara. That with, was back in twenty seventeen. But if we're looking at like twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, he was joking that thing. He, I wouldn't say he had a, like a consistent running attack. From year to year until they got Alvin Camaro and decided to use Mark Ingram more, which they should have. Well, they were using Mark Ingram during the during the time. But not was, as much as they should have because he was sharing carries with like Tim Hightower and a bunch of other people, which was ridiculous. Once well, Alvin Camaro got in, that's when you saw Mark Ingram get more and more carries. And Tim Hightower was getting carries, but it was it was an obvious majority of carries with. Mark Ingram, he was the lead back. I mean, he mm-hmm. had several thousand-yard seasons. Uh, he wound up t- becoming a sidecar to Alvin Kamara once his career started started to get going. But overall, that run game, in spe- in in fact, going into in the late 2010s, that run game was probably the strength of that Saints offense. But no. Maurice was st- yes, it was. No, in 2010s. The early, the late 2010s. Yes, it was. The late 2010s. Oh, you're talking late. I was about to say early 2010s. You're, you're, you're losing. Like, like the (coughs) Drew. Once Alvin Kamara got there, and they had Mark Ingram to go along with him. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Two-headed monster at running back. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the at the receiver position, they had never had a number two guy. They just had Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a solid receiver. There, he's a great receiver. But that's yes, not, but no. it's obvious that the run game was better than the passing offense. You need a number two guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think oh wait, I don't even think Jared Cook was there yet. So yeah, oh he wasn't. I wait, think he, he got he, there. He the year after that. He was with the Raiders. And yeah, in 2017. His third year playing with the Saints. He came in 2018. Yeah. So he missed 2017 when they first became good with the running attack with Kamara and Ingram. So it was just Michael Thomas carrying the load on offense, basically, as far as the receiving. They had Willie Sneed then, but they weren't using him as much for some reason. Uh, I just can't remember. I think it's the injuries, because I think Willie Sneed was injured a lot during that season, during those seasons. Probably. But they relied less on the pass and more on the run, and they got better results. Because they actually – and a thing that goes unnoticed, uh, Ryan Ramchek was also part of that draft class with uh, Alvin Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore. So they got steals in that draft class. Right. I agree. Didn't they also have – didn't they also have Lattimore in that same draft? Yep. Yeah. Marshawn Lattimore? Yeah. Yeah, so that w- that was a great draft for them. Mm-hmm. They Now I yeah, they their defenses weren't great, but I mean I've seen plenty of years where there was an iffy defense, but they were but the Patriots were still able to go to the Super Bowl. 
2011, mm-hmm. that, Didn't that win. defense that's widely regarded as one of the worst defenses to make a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017, which the Super Bowl 52, which is widely also widely regarded as one of the biggest biggest letdowns of a defense in Super Bowl history, where they mm-hmm. allowed over 300 yards and three touchdown passes to a backup quarterback. Nikki Foles. And they still had a chance to win both games because mm-hmm. the other guy that they had was able to keep them in the game. All right, two things. Number one, that AFC championship game, don't ever remind me because I swear to you, the Ravens should have won that game if Lee Evans catches that pass. But we don't talk about those things around here. Number okay. two. That stuff happens. Tom Brady kept them in the game, but he's also the reason they lost because he fumbled. And also Malcolm Butler wasn't playing. So I believe that had some impact on the game. I don't okay. know why he didn't play, but he didn't Nick play. Foles threw a touch- Nick, throws- Nick Foles threw an interception, but we don't talk about that. Yeah. You know why? Because yeah. that they won. They, they exactly, won. Because they won. And it didn't happen in the fourth quarter. Okay, so? That's the game is on the line. You can't you throw, fumble on your own half. If you throw 500 yards and three touchdown passes, you should win the game. All right, then. So why didn't Big Ben win that game? Why didn't the team? Why didn't, why didn't Big, Big Ben win the game against the Browns? All right, then. Four picks. You you're comparing the ball over. That's what happens. You don't win the game. You're comparing one turnover to four turnovers. In fact, I think he turned he turned over five times. He fumbled it, too. So five, he didn't five fumble. That, he didn't no, fumble. That he pounds, he just threw it over his head. He, st- he could have still recovered that. James Garner didn't recover it either, so I don't know who neither, t- neither of them did. One but them still, they, they turned, they turned the ball four picks. over I can't give you five that times. Five times. You can't compare that to one turnover. Quarterbacks turn the ball over every now and then. That happens. Mm-hmm. But to say like, oh, he turned it over once, so they're the reason. How about the how about the defense that allowed that allowed Nick Foles to look like Peyton Manning? Yeah, no. To so look uh, like to, the to look like the guy he was facing, Tom Brady. I'm so, my I'm sorry. Nick Foles can catch. Tom Brady cannot apparently. Well, all right, we're not gonna go there. That's even that's even worse. That makes it All right, worse. My, your, your QB defense has, was so bad that they allowed that they not only allowed three touchdown passes to a backup quarterback, but they allowed a touchdown reception to a back a backup quarterback. So you cannot give the me Eagles, this. The Eagles well, almost did t- the Eagles almost gave up a reception to a quarterback, but if somehow uh, you know a drop pass didn't happen. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. I'm not going to continue this with Brady. So, I will say this. This will be an interesting matchup because if Brady loses again, that's three in a row that he's lost to Breeze. And I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to give it to Breeze. Ooh. Because I see what, even though, like, everybody keeps saying playoff Brady, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I playoff Brady last year with Tennessee. So, <laughs> therefore. Don't bring that up. That one. So, therefore, what I saw against him in the first game that they played each other, Brady was there. The second game, not at all. He just, every time when he kept getting pressure, that's all that defense has to do. It's tough throwing to Jacoby Byers and Nikhil Harry, isn't it? 
I'm not going to hold it against him this year. But what I'm talking about now with Brady, he cannot make mistakes like just fling the ball up in the air when he's getting pass rush. He has to throw it either out of bounds or to a guy that's like widely open. And he did that like about three or four times in that game. The issue with Boston picks. The issue with him is the the issue with him isn't the turnover, is it's being able to stay on his feet. It's the offensive line. If they here's so here's this is the key to the the Bucks if they are able to win or not every mm-hmm. year. It has been if you can leave if you can keep Tom Brady on his feet if he's not on his ass for half of the game then mm-hmm. they will win because and he can he is smart enough that he's able to read any defense no matter how tough we have we've and you can look over the course of his career when you have the Legion of Boom. He picks them apart for over 300 yards and four touchdown passes. He mm-hmm. picks off that that allegedly great Jacksonville defense for three touchdown passes and 300 yards. He picks apart that top five ranked Eagles defense for 500 yards and three touchdown passes. When he and he was he was he actually had an underrated game against that legendary historic. Denver Broncos defense face going with just going with an injured Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman with a plate in his foot. Okay, even fine. though, okay, even though Tom was on his ass in that game over and over again, sacked five times. He, so they were going up against uh, this, this a man who couldn't throw the ball. To stay on his feet, if he is able to stay on his feet and be able to throw it consistently, they will win. But that is the issue because they were not able to do that these past couple games. They were forced to, they were forced to get Antonio Brown involved in that last game. They were, they were thrown into, they threw this whole team into the mix without any preseason or OTAs in week one. So let's see how this game goes. They, if he is able to keep, to stay on his feet, if this offensive line can do something for once, they will win. Okay. okay. All right. All right. You can make a case for the offense, but what can you make a case for the defense? I was about to say. The defense? Because on the other side, on that offense of the, of the Saints, you got Kamara, the best running back in the league right now. Arguable. Arguable. Uh, Jared Cook. I don't know if Latavius Murray's playing. That defense is garbage right now because they keep blitz heavy heavily the quarterback, and that's mm-hmm. not good. When you have that, when you have your linebackers, if you have your front end blitzing all the time, Breeze can easily just get it out of the pocket quickly, throw it to Michael Thomas, throw it to Alvin Kamara, throw it to Jared Cook, Traquan Smith, whoever. He will pick apart that defense as well. Yeah. There's another key is that they need not only do they need to keep Brady untouched, but they also need to touch Drew Brees. Yeah, and they That's couldn't even do that last game. But couldn't do that. Drew Brees. 31 to 3. He couldn't even do it. I think they got like one or two sacks on him. And how many did Brady get? He got many. He kept getting pressured. He kept throwing picks. Yep. Like that's all that Saints defense needs to do, and that's in the in the Saints defense just needs to get out of the ball quicker if Todd Bowles decides to blitz heavily in the defense, uh, the uh, offense. And Brady doesn't have a right guard anymore. He lost his right guard against the Washington Football Team, so he's going to struggle there. 
And if they put Ted Hendrickson on that side, it's going to be a problem. And Tristan works it to me, like even though he's a rookie, I, he's I can't really give him. He's gone through like t- the toughest line in the game. Yes, he's hanging in there, but can he hang in there against like Cameron Jordan, guys like Cameron Jordan? Uh, Veterans maybe, yeah. Person, but Hendrickson and um, what's his name? Marcus Davenport? Can he hang in there with them? I don't know. I mean, but like. It all depends what that line at. I'm like, like if that if you want to keep Brady off his ass, then he that line needs to step up. That's what I'm saying. Do something. That offensive line, do something for once. It's a very average offensive line, and it's been it's been frustrating me all season. When they're able to, and you can see it, you can see the results. And when Brady up. is able to stay on his feet, he can beat any defense. Mm-hmm. Problem is. They're not keeping him on his feet all the time. Tristan Wirth has been playing good. I will give him credit. Looks good on has been, but I don't know what's going on with him. Like, it takes a whole offensive line, not just Tr- Tristan Wirth. That center is a moron. Ryan Jensen, the former Raven, he's he's fine. He's, he's doing all right. He's a moron. They they're so they're that's just they're just such an undisciplined football team. They need it's gonna take more than one season for Brady to change that culture. They have such a losing culture that franchise. Yeah, but they do get Devin White back now, uh, coming back from COVID. So that's another good thing. Right. All right. So moving on, we have the Rams. They pull off. An upset over the Seahawks. Congrats. Goff was playing with a broken thumb, just coming off of his sur- of his surgery. So the Seahawks lose yet another playoff game. Mm-hmm. So since this 2013 season, where they won the Super Bowl, they haven't. They've been competitive through the entirety of these seven years. Mm-hmm. But the issue is, they've always come up short every single time, and they've had some solid teams that they've fielded over the years. So you wonder why do they keep on falling short? So basically I, what the question I'm asking here is what the hell is wrong with the Seahawks? I can answer that. Their offensive Some line, years just wasn't it. Their offensive line and their defense. Their defense has been garbage all year. Don't know why. Because I thought Jamal Adams was a pretty good pickup for them. I thought that defense would be like a top 10 defense, but it wasn't for some reason. Their offensive line wasn't even there at all, and it forced Russell Wilson to throw, like, to have, like, I think, like, 13 picks this season or something like that. And if you have guys on the line who can't even guard or protect Russell Wilson, what do you think Aaron Donald's going to do? Like, what do you think Leonard Floyd's going to do? Yeah, same. Yeah, both of them. Like, like those two will just rip them apart. No matter who it is, they'll rip them. So when you look at that defense, that defense – so I agree with you on the offensive line, but that defense has gotten better as the mm-hmm. season has gone on. Yeah. It, it was horrible as the, in the beginning of the year. It's gotten better. Um, yeah. The main reason – and I'm, ta- I'm talking about in general in these past few years since they have – since they won their last championship is that – they see they have everything else. They've had good defenses. They've had a good passing game. They've had serviceable to very good a very good running game. Even ever since they lost Marshawn Lynch, um, 
So the main, the main issue is their offensive line. And I think another issue is when is when you have DK Metcalf who is basically looking for he's just he he's thirsty for targets and I mean I look at this statistic that I found um when we were planning this episode yesterday um Russell Wilson completed 11 passes okay DK Metcalf had five receptions so DK Metcalf caught almost half of Russell Wilson's passes and 11 uh Metcalf had 11 targets the rest of the team combined 15 combined targets mm-hmm. so he ne- had nearly half of their targets Russell Russell Wilson Metcalf had more than half of Russell Wilson's uh passing passing yards he accounted for half of them and he did throw a pick and he was sacked five times so what i get out of this is that the entire time he was waiting and sitting there in the pocket waiting for dk metcalf to get open and forcing it to him yes. that is not something you can do you have tyler lockett to throw to you have will disley to throw to you have running backs you can throw to you can run the ball they have Chris Carson. So don't act like DK Metcalf is the only target on your team. You need to throw to more players. I get your offensive line isn't great, but don't just sit there waiting for DK Metcalf and ho- and praying he's going to be open on every play because he's not. No player is always open, no matter how great they are. And the fact that you think that you can just huck it up to him 11 times and win the game – is unrealistic. I, I, I don't know what to say with Russell Wilson here. I mean, that's not like a guy I see throwing that many. I mean, I saw what he was capable of in when he actually won the Super Bowl. Like, he was giving it to Doug Ball, won a lot. He was giving it to... Who do y'all say that? He had Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. Like, he had, he had guys to throw to, and he equally, I think... Shared, I think that offense equally shared the receptions and the runs that they gave him. When what I saw was not Russell Wilson, just throwing it to one guy in particular, relying on one guy in particular, and yet he, and yes, I agree with you. He has Carson in the backfield. He has uh, Tyler Lockett, who is probably like a top 20 wide receiver, I would say. He has Will Disley or Greg Olson. I don't know if they split time or something like that. And then I think I forgot his first name. Something more, but I think I don't know. David Moore. David. David. Yeah, he, like he he's a he's a. I think I think he was an undrafted receiver, but he's a he's a talented guy. Like I think he's talented to be like a, Jacob Hollister. So that's why I don't know why he was targeting DK Metcalf a lot. When you know he's the best receiver on the team, who do you think is going to be on him? Jalen Ramsey, the best corner in the league. So I don't know why he was doing that. I couldn't even tell you what Russell Wilson was thinking while he was going to DK Metcalf so, so many times. Well, he is their go-to guy, so they're going mm-hmm. to go th- to their go-to guy. I just think that when you when you target him as much as you as you do, they still have it's Tyler Lockett was still a solid receiver this year. Yeah. One of their best receivers. So you have to throw it to some other players. I get it. DK Metcalf is a beast, but 
you need to be able to spread the ball around a little more. I get it. Your go-to guy is DK Metcalf. He's an unbelievable receiver. He's had a historically great year on his second year in the league. But and he has a great future. But you need to be able to scrape scrape your everything together and be able to do what you can to win the football game. And it doesn't always mean going to your going to your number one guy all the time, especially when, like you said, Jalen Ramsey on, is on him. Yeah, and like, and like with Lockett on the field, like you, I know who's guarding him at that game. It was like Nickel Robbie Coleman, I think his name was. He's an okay corner, but like give it to Lockett, all right? Like you need to give him more than four receptions. Like DK Metcalf, I understand he's a beast. He can't be that good. Especially going up against the best corner in the game. He can't be that good. Well, he is, but give it to I think he's young, and I think he's. I think nobody can be open on every play, not even some of the great, all-time great wide receivers. Even with – even – I mean, just look at – just look at the Green Bay Packers right now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know, like, Devontae Adams gets targeted a lot, but – what you do see when you look at film is that when you see that Devonte Adams is covered, Aaron Rodgers looks for an Alan Lazard. He looks for a Valdez Scantling. He finds a Robert Tunyon wide open. So he he throws it up to them rather than just forcing it to Devonte Adams on every play. He targets him a lot because he's open a lot, but he's not open all the time. And Rodgers notices that, he recognizes it, and he throws elsewhere. And because that's what I like about when they have such tight coverage on Devontae Adams that somebody is going to be left open. So throw mm-hmm. to the open man and win the game. Don't force it to your number one guy all the time. It's going to get you sacked. It's going to throw picks. And it's not. It's going to lose you playoff games. In, in Nichols' defense, DK wasn't helping him at all. DK was getting upset at the sidelines because the because of what Jalen Ramsey was doing to him in like the first half. And outside of that fifty-one yard like coverage breakdown touchdown, he really didn't do all that much all game. So it's like DK, you got you got to like control your emotions while you're on the sideline because the Rams will see that and t- put that to their advantage. So you can you got to just be better about it and try to come back next time and be a little more careful. Yeah, you could look. You could like refer back to like Antonio Brown, like when he was throwing tensions on the sidelines. Teams looked at that because he was getting frustrated with the with the uh, corner he was getting covered by. Like it, it, like he need like like I understand. DK needs to control his emotions on the sideline if he's not getting the ball or not. But I'm surprised Tyler Lockett didn't say something at the at the end of the game. It, it, four receptions in that playoff game when he should have gotten more. I, I'm surprised by that. He's more, he's more of a team player. Metcalf might not be if he's if he's not asking yet. for all these targets. I mean, I get it. You might you want the ball in the playoffs, but you also need to do what's best for the team. And maybe if Lockett was tar- targeted a little more, if they spread the ball out a little more, they could have come away with a victory. But they didn't. They targeted Metcalf 11 times, and they targeted Lockett four times. It's not good. And, and, and how many times did Chris Moore get targeted, or David Moore? I mean, well, the rest of the enough. team had a combined like, nine targets. Like, the rest like, of the team had a combined nine targets. Yeah. So, like, what does that tell you? Like, 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 David Moore 
to me, could be a great wide receiver for you, and you don't use him as much because you keep just hucking the ball up the Metcalf. Like, like, mm. like, like, you don't do that, especially in a playoff game. You never do that. You don't rely on one guy. He's decent, but I, I wouldn't say great for the yeah, I wouldn't say great. We're, we're pushing it here. Yeah, we're pushing it. They, they have. He has Lockett. He has other serviceable okay. guys. D- David Moore, Jacob Hollister. Uh, he can. He can still throw to the running backs. He can throw to Chris Carson. He can. Th- he can throw to Will Disley. They have a lot of options in there, and I think it was the wrong thing to do to just. You need to, especially when you have an offensive line that works the way it does. That or doesn't or lack thereof of working the way it does, um, but they need you need to spread the ball out a lot more. Uh, Earl, I, think, I give I give Russell Wilson a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. So this could be more on DK Metcalf just wanting more carries because we know what Russell Wilson is. We know he's quarterback. We know his typically his favorite wide receiver is the open wide receiver. That's how he was able to discover Tyler Lockett as this as this late round draft pick who was a special teams player when he first started out and now he's one of their best receivers. He needs to go back to doing that or at least be able to develop this relationship with Metcalf and be like, "Look, dude, I love you." I love throwing to you, but we need to win the game. And sometimes that doesn't always involve throwing it to you. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, just basic I, I, stuff there. Will they well, do it? No idea. They haven't been able to win in seven years. Wilson also had Carlos Hyde, too. Like, that's another guy he could throw it to. Carlos Hyde's a good back out of the backfield. Like, he's shown that with San Francisco. He could easily. Like, like that, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. All right, so that'll be it for us tonight. Uh, tune in. Make sure you tune in to our next week's episode where we will be recapping the divisional round and previewing the conference championships. So we have a, a very exciting couple year, couple weeks coming up in this in this playoff time. So why don't you? So make sure you follow us on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Fumbleruski underscore podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good night. Bye.